Welcome to another episode of Total R&B, and today I'm excited to introduce my next guest. Um, he is from Toronto, or I should say more specifically Scarborough, because I know people <laughs> want to ref Scarborough, so he is from Scarborough. He is a singer, he's a guitarist, a producer, a songwriter. He's also a Juno Award nominee, which is a huge deal. And he's also CBC's Music Toyota Searchlight 2021 Grand Prize winner. Welcome <laughs> to the show, Jive. Thank you, thank you. What an introduction. I uh, I definitely need you to do that introduction for me wherever I go anywhere because that was the best. <laughs> no, it's no problem, but this is all you. Like, it's nothing I made up. This is your, it's like your resume. This is, mm. this is all you. So you've been having an amazing career this far. And I feel like it's only going to get better from here on out. So this is amazing. We're going to get into all of it. But I just want to thank you first for um, coming on my podcast, doing this for me. This means a lot. So thank you so much. No problem. No problem. My pleasure. Thank you. So I want to start from, I guess, kind of sort of the beginning. Um, mm -hmm. You as a kid, because you were raised in a like a musical household. Your dad um, DJed a mm -hmm. lot of parties. Your mm -hmm. mom is actually a singer too, and she's is she still a part of the Toronto Mass Choir? Yeah, they haven't really done much in the way of like performing and stuff like that, obviously with COVID and whatnot. But she has every plan to get back with them and like get like back practicing and doing all that stuff. So, yeah, I should have known from the time she was doing that stuff that we had something in our blood. But so you didn't think about like singing or anything like that growing up in a house like full of like music and stuff not really i feel like most artists could take like their stories like oh yeah like like there's pictures of them at four years old with a microphone or on stage or something yeah. but i don't really have that kind of story mine was just our parents are like immigrant parents so they wanted us to be like doctors and lawyers they're like you're not going to be an artist we came to this country to make something of ourselves um so yeah. there was never like that idea of like doing anything but what was like safe but even all that said, music was still everywhere. So it wasn't like there was still that room to like, you know what I mean? Do our thing. And not even like we were singing stuff, but our mom was singing all the time. Like mom was singing all the time. Um, possibly downstairs, like with the records and stuff. He had like a whole wall of records coming up. And um, we just like sometimes go down there and he teach us like how to like mix music together. And like, I must've been like eight years old or something like that. Just like learning how to like crossfade and stuff like that. Um, just random things like fade the Montel Jordan into the TLC. Like it was such a, it was such an energy growing up having that around. So um, yeah, like you never really realize the impact that stuff has on you till later. You know what I mean? It's like building in you, building in you, building in you. And then it comes out in ways you can't even expect. So. I know you said like your parents want like the best for their children. So they want us to be something like, even my mom, she's not Caribbean. She's from Nova Scotia, but she still had that, in her like one day I came to her and I was like oh I want to be a makeup artist and the way that she looked at me <laughs> yeah like, disgust she's like oh no yeah you can't do that <laughs> yeah she was like so mad like I was just like I was just trying to express <laughs> yeah like can I live yeah 100 but even like you in the house like would you guys sing would your mom think like oh you know these kids they they have something here they have they can hit a note or two yeah, that's the thing. I can't I can't remember doing like a crazy I was more like growing up with sports. Like I just wanted to like run around a field somewhere. Like that's okay. like most of what I wanted to do. So I can't say I can't say that I was like really singing, singing, singing. The singing happened like way later. Like 
I went away to like university kind of thing. And then that's when it hit me randomly. Like I was just like on a floor. I was, I was, I was in residence. That's what it was. I was on a floor of guys. I just wanted to do nothing but like smoke weed and play guitar all day. And I was like, oh, this is different. I could do this. And then, and then it just got, it just went different for me. So yeah. And then I came back home one day with a guitar and I was like, what's up? Um, but we did have like little things like we had like piano lessons and I like I did like a little guitar lessons like there were like little bits of it but nothing where I was like singing. Okay and so that's how you learned to play the guitar you had lessons growing up. Yeah like little bits like little just the basics I'm pretty sure I quit after like six months because I was like nah I, I tried music I tried it I'm going back to sports. Mm -hmm. um, so it was something that like I rediscovered later like that in music everything I rediscovered kind of like later like on my own terms you know. Okay. It and so I feel like that made it yeah, and not at all, not at all. If any of my parents were like, nah, do the stable thing. And I was like, no, I want to be an artist. Here's my guitar. <laughs> you know, so I think it was that kind of a thing. And now are they like supportive of you or do they give you any advice because, you know, they've kind of been in the world, kind of like the, the music world? I think they're more supportive now because they've seen that. Like, it's not just a phase. For me, it's not just a thing that's like, oh, he'll get it out of his system. Like, no, I was very like tenacious with it. And then the Juno nomination happened. And so they started seeing the world respond to it a little bit. And then at that point they were like, all right, well, you got your degree, we'll allow it. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I went and I like finished, I finished like my degree and I came home and that's when I like started like trucking away at it and doing it. Okay. So it was one of those things where like, they kind of knew, okay, like he's good, he's good. Like just let him, like let him cook. But when they didn't become my like believers to like, I think later on, like more recently, they're more like, we get it. Oh, okay, okay. No, but that's good though, because I guess they feel more secure because they're like, if anything, he has his degree to fall yeah. on if, if it doesn't work out or what have you, but yeah. it is working out. It's doing really, really well. Yes. Um, I want to talk about the Juno nomination. So where were you when you received that call that you were nominated for a Juno? I was eating cereal, actually, oh. randomly. I was, I was eating breakfast. I was getting my day started, you know? Okay. And uh, it was funny. I, I actually like had this interview question pop up like on the red carpet, like, because a lot of the people, a lot of people I was nominated with were like, Daniel Caesar, Jesse Reyes, like Jacoy, like people that have been like already out and doing it and like performing stuff like that. And I just felt like a guy, like I was just like, hey, I actually still have a job. So like after the Junos, I'm actually going back to work. Like, <laughs> it was a very interesting thing. So they asked me like, oh, what were you doing? I was like, I don't know, like getting ready for work and eating cornflakes probably. Like that's how I found out, you know? Um, Most people's stories don't really go like that because I find normally when they get those nominations, they're already like- Well on their way. Yeah. Of. So it's just, they're all they're doing is music. Like nobody says like, I was on my way to my other job, like my nine to five or whatever, you know? <laughs> that's so crazy. Yeah. So it's, it, yeah, I just thought it was like, you know, and I think that like, it's sort of like punctuated how much of like a blessing it was to receive that. You know what I mean? That like there was no cloud involved. There wasn't anything involved. We just submitted it and it connected. You know what I mean? So there was something about that that felt like extra special that it didn't feel like, like Jive wasn't there for the ratings. Like I wasn't there because they were like, Jive! like it was just, I was there because um, the merit of the music, I imagine, like, I don't know what else, you know? So it just, it felt that much more like gratifying to be like in that company, you know? And did you ever, did that make you feel like, okay, like this is what I'm supposed to be doing? Absolutely. Like, yeah, because even now, right? Like, despite all the accolades, I'm just here, like at my place with my guitar, working on my stuff. Like it feels very, 
not like there's like a certain solitude and a certain grindiness to it day to day that between the rehearsals and this and that, that you kind of miss what it is you're doing and like the big impact that it has, you know, um, you just kind of get caught up in like the day to day. So it was, it was a moment that made me realize, oh man, like I sat in the studio for the better part of like five or six years, just like trying to hone my craft. And now I'm getting my flowers. Cool. No, mm-hmm. I, I thought that was so cool. Like to be, especially with the artists that you name, because like you said, like those are big names to be, you know, involved with. So for you to have that spot, like that had to like solidify or um, get rid of any like self-doubt that you have that, you know, maybe I should be doing this, maybe not. But to be, you know, in that company, I think that is truly amazing. And then that title never goes away. Like you're always Juno nominated, which is a big deal. That's like for anybody listening, like outside of Canada, like that's our Grammys, you know? Mm -hmm. So mm-hmm. It's a blessing. Yeah, yeah. Every now and again, I'll go to Wikipedia if I need an ego boost. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just duck in and be like, am I there? Okay, sick. I'm still there. I'm still there. They haven't removed my name. All right, we're cool. But any <laughs> intro that you do, like they should, well, they should be including that because that's like a huge deal. So yeah, any of your vibe. interviews should be like mentioning, okay, Juno Award nominee. And soon, hopefully we get Juno Award winner. Yeah, well, prayers up. I work every day at it. I no, definitely, definitely going to happen because mm-hmm. your your music, the music you've been putting out has been consistent. It has been like great mm-hmm. music one after the other. So I definitely see it in your future. Um, going back to childhood, like what is your first memory of R&B music? Oof, that was probably the one, the one where my dad was like showing me how to like mix records. Because my dad, he was kind of a DJ in the West Indian community. So he did like a lot of soca stuff, but he did his like R&B stuff too. And like, yeah, I just have memories of him. It would be between memories of him, like, and it was all 90s R&B. So he had the Malta Jordan, the TLC, the, like this. Oh, man, what else? He had like the Anita Baker joints. My mom was actually more into Anita Baker growing up. And so it was like stuff like that. And I was just like, like the Luther, like, like they're OGs. Like that's kind of what they do. And so I just have memories of like listening it, listening to it out deep. My dad's big DJ speakers. He had these in the basement. Like they had no call being in our basement. Like they were like five feet high. He's like, nah, like this is how I play my music on a Sunday, rocking the house, like the foundations of the house. So I just remember deafening amounts of R&B. And then like, and then being like in my in the back of my mom's car, like in the back of my mom's like Ford Tempo while she's like singing like along with like Barry White and Anita Baker and a lot of like, she was into like a lot more like soulful stuff, you know? So yeah, I just have like memories of my mom singing and my dad playing the music and it was just, yeah, just always around, you know? But I love that. And does that also influence you as an artist because you grew up around different types of music? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes it, it makes it so like the, all that stuff, you carry it with you. Even if you don't realize how you carry it with you, it, it stays with you. You know what I mean? And so um, there's gospel that stays with me because I came up in the church. You know what I mean? My mom came like she insisted, you know, eight o'clock in the morning. She was in like, let's go, like put your church shoes on, you know, so. I came up in that environment with gospel, R&B, with soca around me, you know? And then when I went away to school, it was like a whole different group of guys that just wanted to listen like Bob Dylan and stuff like that. And so like, there was a whole different thing that just hit me. I was like, oh, this is this is cool too. Um, and it all just like, it all just, it, it comes out in ways you don't expect musically, yeah. which is really, really interesting. So I'm, I'm blessed to have that. I'm grateful to have it. I love that. And then speaking of your music, so this year you released um, two singles uh, about her and energy. 
So mm-hmm. can you like tell us a little bit about those two singles that you released? Energy, energy was interesting because energy I actually wrote right at the beginning of the pandemic. Wow. Um, I kind of actually like got into a bit of a relationship right at the beginning of the pandemic. And it was so interesting because you're like trying to get to know somebody and <clears throat> and they're shutting everything down. And so all of a sudden relationships get very like, not public, they get very like one-on-one, they get very like intimate. You're like in one another's space. You're kind of like, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. energy kind of reflected that feeling of like sharing that space, sharing that energy with somebody. Um, and yeah, that's what I was about. Just like, child falling in love. And then- Was it, but did it, cause I know for like a lot of people in relationships, it either went really good or it went really bad. <laughs> I think- On a good note or it just- Well, it, it, it helps that, yeah. I mean, it ended on like, it, it ended like a little tricky, but like we've actually been able to find like a really great friendship out of it, which is amazing. Um, yeah, it's like a blessing. So like to this day, we're actually like super, super close. Um, and then about her, about her actually, um, about her, it's funny because I tell people like about her isn't about one person in particular. It's more about that idea of a her, whoever that is and what they would represent. You know what I mean? So part of it's actually just like fantasy, fantasizing, like what is she like? You know what I mean? Yeah, like five, six, mom jeans, down to the Air Forces, that's you. Like, there's just parts of that that are just me, like, daydreaming. Like, who is this her and what is she about? And, like, you know, what would she represent to me? And so that felt good, like, being able to tell that story and, like, dream a little bit while telling a song. So that was about her. And are these singles that you're releasing, is this going to lead up to, like, an EP or an album? Is that where we're going? Yeah, I think that's where we're going. I've always been like a body of work person because I've always been story. I'm so obsessed with narrative story. Um, All the co-writers I work with will tell you my writing sessions ring more like therapy sessions because I, I can't just sit there and just talk about nothing. It's all gotta, it's all gotta have a point to me and it's all gotta have a message to me. And so, and if it doesn't, I just don't feel right singing. It's like, why am I here? So, um, yeah, everything's, it's it's leading to a point. And I'm still, I've had a couple breakthroughs actually in the past couple of weeks with some songs that have kind of felt like, ooh, like we're arriving at something like a story that I can tell with these songs that I'm stringing together. And so, yeah, all while I'm creating, my process is very interesting where I'll just like, for a moment, I'll just be out in the wilderness writing, creating songs, like not actually with a point, rhyme or reason, just making. And then after a while, it'll start to, crystallize and clear up like okay like this is the story i could tell with these songs so i'm not the kind of person just to, like make a bunch of songs and choose the best ones and it's like has to there has to be like a point to it you know what i mean and so i'm getting there with it and it's yeah it's all coming to something for sure well i'm excited but i do get that like with the songs that you've released so far and your previous albums and stuff like it it is storytelling and it's done really well and you talk about a lot of things like i feel like you're very vulnerable on your mm-hmm. your your tracks so a lot of people can relate to what you're singing and sometimes too it's things that we don't maybe want to admit you know yeah so yeah I that a lot and i think that's like really cool and it's something that not a lot of artists do unfortunately yeah yeah i feel like i feel like part of it came because um i was fortunate enough to like kind of work with a lot of writing partners um that have like 
demanded that in a way. Um, one guy, <clears throat> one guy I work with, Steve Fernandez in particular, is the, fir the first time I sat down with him. I remember the first time I sat down with him. I sat down. I was like, check out all these songs. I got, I got all these songs. And he go through and he listened to like 20 seconds of me. He's like, what's this about? Tell me what it's about right now. Go without thinking. What's the song about? What are you trying to say? And I would like be like, uh, uh, I don't know. It just felt like a cool thing to do. And you're like, all right, cool. What about this? One? What's this about? And he just he's very like obsessed with like what are you trying to say? And in the years since like we met and we still work together, um, conversations in human like the the one I got the the Juno nomination for, a lot of that stuff came out of us beginning to have those conversations about not just like doing it to do it, not just to make it like a vanity project, make it something, make it something meaningful. Like, and so I've taken that on and it's become like a very central part of my approach where it's like, there has to be like an emotional center to everything. You know what I mean? And like a lot of times, yeah, that's vulnerability. And if it's fun, it's light, whatever it is, but people have got to like, feel, like it's got to just hit you and you've got to feel like, okay, like I get what he's saying, even whether, whether it can connect or not, right? Like. I feel like whether people can connect or not, the art of storytelling is in such a way where like, we're such empathetic creatures without yeah. even realizing it. You can hear a story that you can't directly relate to, but like you'll find ways to kind of fit it into your own narrative and then connect with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like I could say something that doesn't feel exactly word for word, but then you'll kind of, you'll kind of like adopt it and like it'll become you'll see it kind of in your life in certain ways and then it helps you connect with it more. And like, yeah, it's, it's crazy how we can do that. Like we, we find ways to just like take these stories and like adopt them a little bit and like make them kind of fit our own narrative in our hearts and minds. And then that helps us like connect with the art more. So knowing that everything that I do is about that. So. But that uh, that speaks to just the power of music because yeah. you're on certain songs and it can just change your entire mood, right? Mm -hmm. and you could have been having like a really crappy day, but then you put on some music and they're they're talking about positive stuff and the beat is maybe uplifting. And then before you know it, like you're like dancing in your room, having a good time, and it just changed your whole day around or your whole mood. So it's very powerful. But even from what you said with your music, like even if it's a situation that I haven't been in, I still connect with it. It's still like, I still feel it, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I think that's super important. So thank you for being intentional with that um, and getting that out there. Uh, one of the songs that you did put out, I think it was last year, Checklist. Yep. Last year, right? Yes. So I do, I love that song. So I wanted to ask you if you um, had to create like a checklist for the perfect day, like what are some things that would be on that list. Checklist for the perfect day. Um, let's see, sunshine. Ooh, that's a good question. Sunshine, food, specifically hamburgers, double cheese, lots of bacon, whiskey, a park. <laughs> what else? My guitar. Oh, where are you? There she is. My yeah, guitar. That's, that's your wife, right? That's my baby. Yeah, that's my wife. We are inseparable. And so, I just feel like whoever comes into my life, they just need to understand that they may or may not be number one all the time. It's just sometimes it's going to be my baby. I don't know. It's going to happen. Um, yeah, it's good. It's like stuff like that. Just like I'm so it's so funny. I'm very simple with kind of how I approach um, my idea of perfection. 
Mm -hmm. To me, it's like peace and freedom. You know what I mean? More than like money or anything or any specific location. I could be anywhere. You know what I mean? It's just more the simple things, you know? Mama raised a simple boy, so. But that's good though, that it doesn't take that much or like a whole bunch of like, I don't know, fireworks to make something a perfect day for you or for you to be, you know, content or happy. So yeah. That's important. But it, it is interesting. I think I'm going to ask like more people that question just to see like what it is that they would think is a perfect day. Because everybody has like, you know, different things that, you know, make them happy or that they're wanting in life. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Good conversation too. Ah, uh, now, like now I'm just running through anyways i'm just gonna stop i'm just gonna keep going <laughs> no but even me like i was thinking too because i'm just like i'm asking people these questions but i'm like what what would i pick so yeah it is a good conversation starter too but i am gonna ask a few more people that question and see what it is that they choose to be like what's gonna be on their um their checklist but i also wanted to talk about um you entering the contest for cbc music searchlight uh, mm -hmm. for your song down so how did that all come about? Like you even entering? Ooh, okay. So <laughs> what's very funny is like, I've had even a couple of interviews with like CBC. And so there's there's the version of the story where I'm just like, oh yeah, I entered and I didn't really expect much of it. And I won a surprise, but like the real story behind this, you're gonna get the real story. I haven't actually I told this. The real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually, I, it's funny. I haven't got a chance to like tell, tell this story. And I think it's funny because down is a song about our cycles and it's a song about our weaknesses and being able to admit that stuff and finding strength in it and even the process of going through cbc searchlight kind of showed me um why i wrote that song i'll give you an example so um i didn't actually applied for CBC Searchlight at all myself. I actually, it was one of my managers, Amanda, who found it. Shout out to Amanda if you see this. Um, she's the one that found it. She's like kind of like my day-to-day -day management. She's amazing. She found it. She's like, Jamal, we should do this. We should like, this is a good opportunity. And originally I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe like, I was like, I don't know if it's the right fit. I don't really like competing. Like I'm not like a competing person. I'm not one of those like, oh, vote for me. I don't want to like go to my followers and be like, yeah, like vote for me on this thing. Like I, I just want to make my music. If you if you hear it and find it and discover it, amazing. Um, but she's like, Jamal, you should do this. And I was like, I don't really want to. <laughs> so the next day, she's like, Oh, I applied for you. And I was like, oh, fine. She's like, Can you put the link in your bio? Can you like put the link in your bio so like people can your followers can know and vote? And I was like, ah, I don't know. Nah, forget it. Forget it. Because if I lose, then it's like I lost. And it's like, I don't want to feel like I lost and I love down. And it's just going to put me in a weird place. She's like, all right, fine. Like, you, sh you should do it. And I was like, I don't want to do it. A couple weeks later, they're like, congratulations. You made like the top 500. You're in the contest. And she's like, that now. In no effort. Yeah. And she's like, you should tell people. And I was like, nah, it's like, that's eh, not for me. Not for me. A couple weeks later, congratulations. You made the top 100. She's like, Jamal. <laughs> you should tell people stop getting in the way of your good things. And I was like, I don't know, like, I don't really, because now like I'm top 100, like I just feel like, 
I don't want to ever be the guy that comes in like fourth or something. Like I don't want to be that guy. I know. I'm sorry. I have to. You're getting the story just for better or for worse. This is who I am. The guy that wrote down is a real guy, by the way. I'm just saying this is so. <laughs> and then a couple weeks later, I find out I make the top 10. So now she's hitting me up. She, she's like, you clearly do not understand that the universe wants this for you. You don't see it happening. And it's like happening this way. And I was like, no, but like now, like it's going to be super like, I don't know. I don't want to lose to like. I don't want to lose these people. Like, I just, I'm just gonna like leave it alone. She's like, all right, fine. I'm done trying to make you enjoy your blessings. How about the people from CBC, one of the producers, they actually want to like get in touch with you and get some information from you. And I was like, okay. So I pick up the phone, expecting it just to be like, give them some information. Cause I think they just need more info. Cause they wanted to like dive in more to like who the top 10 is. Okay. And so I pick up the phone. I'm like, hello. And he's like, Congratulations, you won CBC Search like 2021. And I was like, what? How does this even happen? He's like, are you surprised? I was like, yes, I'm surprised. And he's like, Wait, did your manager know? Had no idea. Oh, wow. She had no idea. She just said it. She just set up, like, okay, they want to talk to you, but you're so dumb for not like be, taking more pride in how far you've come. Even if you don't win this competition, like, be proud of how far you've come with it. And I was like, I hate competing and I hate like asking people to do things. And I just want to like, I just want to like, if it's happens great and if it doesn't, mm -hmm. God's plan. So when I found out I won, I had this feeling in my stomach where I was like, oh, I've got to tell her I won at one point. And she's going <laughs> to, she's going to give me the, I know what she's going to say. So the whole time I'm answering these questions and I'm doing like a phone interview and they're like, oh my God. So like, How's it feel that you won? And I was like, I literally can't believe it. Trust me, I can't believe this is happening. Like, you don't understand how much I can't believe this. And then they're like, oh, did you think you were going to win when you signed up? And I was like, no. <laughs> like, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to say because I didn't want to tell them, like, I actually didn't sign up for any of this. I just yeah. let my manager drag me through my self-sabotage on this one. Like, I just... <laughs> That was the plan on this one. And so I think to me, the whole story of that, when I actually finally went back to her and told her, she was like, mm -hmm. good things are destined for you. Like good things, there you go, you know what I mean? And I just think it's just funny how I wrote a song about self-sabotage and then entered into a contest and proceeded to self-sabotage my way through the contest. It was just very funny in my eyes, like how ironic that was and how like, symbolic that was well shout out to amanda so yeah, shout out. That she did not listen to you and she went ahead and she submitted all of your stuff into that contest oh, and i could imagine like how she felt she probably wanted to take your login information probably yeah we've i've already gone that way with her we're just like take okay. my stuff and just here's my bio here's some press photos here's my music just don't even ask me to do things because clearly my head yeah. Is off like in the next song or in the cloud somewhere. And she's very much like, how can we get this out? How can we like, you know what I mean? She's, she's much more like business minded in that sense and organizationally minded where yeah. I'm an artist's artist. I just, I'm here well, making that's, my that's song. Like most artists, most artists just want to make their music, put it out. Yeah. Whoever feels it, feels it. Whoever doesn't, does it. And then that's it. But then because you're in the business, there's just so much to it. 
like extra stuff that you have to do. So a part of it is sometimes kind of like campaigning for yourself. And yeah, getting, and getting out of your own way and stuff yeah. and just kind of like letting good things happen to you, but also just getting good people around you that see things in you that you don't see in yourself. That's another thing, right? Like, I think I just didn't see myself like competing for this thing, but like, it's just seeing people, like just having people around you that see things in you that you don't see in yourself. And like that just underscored how important it is no matter how good you think you are, have people around you that are your champions, that are out there advocating for you, fighting for you, even when you've decided to not for yourself, they fight for your talent and for who you are because they believe in it so much. That is make or break. And anybody who's succeeded at all at any level in this, the more you follow it down their team, the more you find people that are their champions, you yeah. know, so. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really important too for artists is to have like a really good team around mm -hmm. you because um, sometimes too you'll see artists and you'll be like, oh darn, like they're so talented, but nothing is really happening for them. Like their team is not really fighting for them. So I think it is important um, who you surround yourself with too in this industry to help you because even if like the artist is doubting themselves or they're not like competitive and stuff. You want somebody to push you to, you know, challenge yourself and you know mm -hmm. better and rise up. So, yeah, that's amazing. I love that. I love the story. I didn't know. I thought it was, you know, the the same story that you would have said to CBC. But yeah, I didn't know. I didn't because I think I didn't want to be on like I didn't want to be on TV interviews being like I actually didn't do any of this. Like, I didn't, I didn't want to do that. Because they're, they're always, they, were, they were so excited. They were like, how do you feel winning? And I was like, uh, <laughs> it feels, it feels great. <laughs> feels great. Um, and I'm, and I'm so, and I'm, trust me, I'm so grateful. So oh, obviously okay. I'm so grateful. To me, it's just more a story of like the person that wrote down, experienced down. Like I, that's a real thing. That's not, I'm not like, I'm not the artist that like writes a song like that. And like, is the opposite of that. I get down and I get like very like self-sabotaging and very like avoidant sometimes very like I get the way I describe myself and so I need people around me that are not like that <laughs> that understand okay you have great art and unfortunately you have to like be a certain way to make that art but we're gonna help get you get you going so but I'm grateful speaking of down was that more so about your like professional life like in the music industry or it was a bit of both it was a bit of both, um, and I wanted it to be both because I've, I've seen kind of my own cycles play out in different areas of my life, you know what I mean? So it's not necessarily about love or about the music, it's about me, you know what I mean? And so the first verse had to do with a situation where I really did self-sabotage a relationship because I was hurt before and my walls are up, and I just, feel like that unworthiness and that paranoia and that fear of abandonment. And it causes me to break my own shit rather than having to endure watching somebody break it for me. I'll break it on my own terms. You know what I mean? Which is a weird mindset, but I can't explain my brain. I just write the songs. Um, and, then, and then the second verse was about, um, yeah, just like my experiences with music, just like trusting the wrong people. And my, my path has been a long winding road of like trusting some people that are right and a lot of people that were not right for me and kind of having to go through that. And so, yeah, at the end of it all, it was more about things I go through in life and sometimes I don't respond to it in the best way. And Down was a song about just admitting that 
And so I'm surprised that people connect with it that way because it felt very dark when I wrote it. I was like, I don't know who's going to like this, but here we are. But there's so many people going through things. It's just that we don't say it. Like yeah. we're not brave enough maybe or in that, that space to really talk about like something that's going on in our lives because we're so used to like social media. Like everybody is winning on social media. Everything's highlights, yeah. Yeah, nobody's talking about their their lows. Nobody's talking about getting screwed over by like somebody. Like no one's mentioning that. So for you to actually come out and, you know, talk about the stuff that you're going through in the form of a song, so many people could probably relate because they're going through the same thing. They just have no outlet maybe to to talk about it. So. I think that's why too. So thank you so much for like releasing that information because one, it takes a lot, but it was a really, well, it still is a really good song. So. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm, it was one of those like good things came out of bad experiences and bad times. And sometimes it'd be that way, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. good things come out of just horrible moments. And so I'm, I'm just glad that I had the people around me and, was just able to turn my situation into something that inspires. That's 99% of what I've wanted to do this entire time in the first place, you know, so. But you're definitely doing that. And it shows too, through the, the contest too with CBC. So a lot of people gravitated towards that and voted mm -hmm. for you. But do you also have any advice for like aspiring singers when it comes to um, maybe like dealing business-wise with finding the right team to surround yourself with? I, unfortunately, my story was just like failing through a lot of bums, like failing through a lot of people that weren't serious, weren't about it, like just kind of moving through, moving through people that weren't the right fit until you find people that are. And that takes a little grit and it takes a little determination and it takes the continued faith in yourself. Um, but there's also like a self-awareness there, like knowing my strengths and weaknesses, right? Like the fact that I know that a man is the kind of person that'll go for everything and I'm not. You know, to have people that compliment you, because I know I'm the kind of person I'll, in my brain, convince myself why a CBC searchlight isn't the right fit for me or something like, of course it is. Of course, it's an amazing opportunity, amazing contest, one of the biggest in the, of course it's a good opportunity, but our, our minds and, the thoughts that we have sometimes, you know, and, and that's going to be a constant process, just dealing with what yeah. that is, but um, have people around you that are the strength to your weaknesses is such an important thing, such an important thing. So yeah, have people around that are different, right? Like don't have the yes, man. Don't do the yes. Oh, man. Yeah, no. <laughs> don't have a bunch of people that think like you are like you, same strengths, same. you just have a bunch of clones, like have people that are very different because then because then it's bigger than you. Then you become something bigger than yourself. And the music becomes something bigger because you have people around you that are beyond you, you know? No, definitely. I definitely agree. And even like a big thing is your mindset too, because that's even something with me. Like I second guess myself all day long. Yeah. I don't know what it is. At the end, I'll just be like, okay, girl, get it together and just get it done. So like I'll push myself to do it, but before it, I am second guessing myself along the way. So I know for me, like I always have to like try and um, like watch like shows that are positive or like, I don't know, podcasts where they're talking about like abundance mindset and all those different mm -hmm. 
to like keep myself going so that I don't get into a place where I'm like self-doubt or um, using, I guess, negative words to describe like the work that I'm doing and stuff like that. So do you do anything else to kind of keep yourself motivated and like going? Mm-hmm. Um, my big thing is really just um, trying to stay present. So like meditation is crazy. Um, working out for me is a great way to stay present because it's hard to think about the things you regret and the things you're anxious about in the future when there's a big weight on your chest. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, that's so like, to me, like fitness, like when you're like, you know, like lifting weights, you're running or doing something, you're pushing your body to a place that you have to be in that moment. Mm -hmm. And that gets me out of the past and the future. And same with meditation, it gets you out of the past and it gets you out of the future and gets you um, in that moment, just breath by breath. So stuff like that, I think is like huge for me because I think the more you stay in that moment, the more, you're not thinking about, oh, like what would happen or what wouldn't happen or what has happened or what hasn't happened. Yeah. Those are fucking, those are all the big ones right there. What has or hasn't happened, what will or won't happen. It's just, it's just showing up, you know? And so um, you'd be surprised how far you get when you just decide to show up, looking your best, feeling your best. You know what I mean? No, and then everything else really out of your hands. Definitely. No, that, that's, that's great to say because a lot of times too, like our imagination just goes and goes and goes. And we're thinking of situations that hasn't even happened that will not happen. Yeah. For some reason, we just drop all these stories. And so, yeah, no, that is great. Um, and then in the future, because even with the contest with CBC, there is a lot of things that they offer to the winner mm -hmm. for this. So they're going to be giving you a, um, a chance to be in the studio. Mm -hmm. uh, You'll be working with uh, different people, and there's so many things that was in that list. It was insane. So, yeah. could we expect like the album coming out sometime this year or next year? You would say. What's funny is like originally, originally my plan was originally my plan was um, originally my plan was like the fall. Mm -hmm. I was actually aiming for like my birthday, September 24th. I was gonna Ooh, put you're September two. Huh? You're September two. I'm September six. Let's go. Hey, September babies. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's originally my plan was put out another single and then September 24th, put out like a little EP album. But the, the kind of the concept that I had originally has begun like running its course in my mind. And I, I, like late, it's actually been the past couple of weeks. I've actually been thinking like, oh, like it might be more interesting if I do this. So like, there's just new concepts that are coming up that are like broadening what, and I think it's in light of like the CBC win and a couple other things that are kind of like broadening my idea of what I thought I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And so now I think what I want to do is like maybe something in the spring and then just deliver something that's like even bigger. So I want to do something that's kind of like a vibe, like, Originally, I wanted to do something that was kind of like a quarantine vibe, like something that's kind of like cool and moody and just do that. But yeah, recently I've been like, the idea of what it can be has been like evolving and evolving and evolving. And it's like, so lately I've been like, okay, if I want to do that, I need to kind of like keep, I'm not done yet. And I get that way. Like ask my team, I've got like, I could do an album here. And then like, I'll be like, no, no, let's just wait another six months. Cause I think I want to do this now. And I'll get closer. And I'm like, oh, give me like three more months because I think I want to do this. Like, it's never done with me. I'm just always in yeah, that process of like, yeah. I mean, that wasn't that process of like always go. It's an ongoing thing because we think of so many different ideas, or our 
original idea gets bigger. So we kind of detour to something else. Mm -hmm. And that's, so that's what's happening. So originally it was fall, but now I'm thinking hopefully like end of spring, like a May, June next year. So like all singles all through the start of next year and then just hit with something that like, and now with the CBC thing, there's things that are going to like help me make that album even better. You know what I mean? So it's just, it just, it's just made more sense over time to like not rush it and just take my time through the winter, write, do the best work I can. And then like, yeah, by spring, like really come with some. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited for that. And I like when artists aren't rushed to put out work. So I'm happy that you get to take your time to put mm -hmm. your work out. So you get to, you know, experience life and really work on it and, and basically create the album that you want to create and not rush because of, of a deadline or something like that. So I'm excited to see what you put out next year. I'm definitely going to be, you know, keeping an eye out for that. Um, I did want to play a, a game let's go r&b trivia hopefully it's okay these questions <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure you <we> fine <laughs> okay so the first question i have is the group boys to men what city are they from philly okay you got that one um the second one the song candy rain was sung by which r&b group Oh no, it's playing in my head now. Oh, wow. I can't believe I'm not gonna get this one because it's there, but it's not like there, there. All right, I, I don't got it. No, not even in the remix of the song? Oh, I want it. It's just like, you know when you know a song? It's like right there, but it's not coming to you. Like, you know what I mean? You have like the cold chorus in your mind, even the verses, like. You like know how it goes. You just don't know who the artist like. You just don't have it. And I'm sure as soon as you say it, okay. I'm gonna be like, oh. But they weren't big. They didn't have like a ton of other. I don't think they had a ton of other songs. No, I. They had like two big singles. They had. So the group is Soul for Real. Ugh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Next question. Super producer Teddy Riley was a part of two R&B groups. What are the names of those groups? Black Street. Mm -hmm. And then the first one. Wow, why should I this one? Oh, I should know this one. Oh, uh, I want to say. Oof, this is going to be a Hail Mary. I want to say like. I want to say like a new edition, but is that it? No. Oh, no. It's not new edition. You did get Blackstreet, but the other group is Guy. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's nuts. I had it. Anyways, I don't want to talk about it. Because <laughs> like, I had it. And then I was like, Guy. And then I was like, who else was in Guy? Wasn't Babyface in Guy too? No, um, it was Aaron Hall. <sighs> wow. Okay, we're back. The, the main singer in Guy, I think. Yeah. Okay, so uh, next question. Coco, Taj, and Lily are a part of which R&B girl group? Oh, Sisters with Voices. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> Got that one. Okay, so this question, oh, this question is gonna be really easy for you. So the 1986 album Rapture was by which artist? A, Anita Baker, B, Shaka Khan, 
C. Stephanie Mills or D. Patty Labelle. You're right. That that one that one was like I've already said Anita Baker so many times. <laughs> That's the one. Okay, and last question: What is the name of Mariah Carey's first single? Ooh. First single. Wow, that is that's stumped me. Really? Because you know when somebody just has a whole career of bangers, like, oh, yeah. yeah. Where do you begin with that? Um, I don't know. I actually don't know. I actually, I'm very curious now to find out what that is. Okay, so the answer is "Vision of Love." Yeah, I never would have seen that one coming. Really? Never would have seen that one coming. I wasn't even close. I'm not even gonna say what I thought it was. <laughs> what did you think it was? It was, you know, that one off her first album, the one, the one with the beautiful chorus where she goes like, I give my all. My all. Yeah. So at first I was like, my all, because that's that song to me is like best early Mariah Carey. That chorus just robs me of like. I'm crying. Why am I crying? I'm not crying. You're crying. It's like, it's beautiful to me. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I would have thought just because it's such a beautiful, but then I was like, nah, that's not it. That's not it. It can't be that. No, but that is a great song. Cause that's even speaking of like, as a kid, I'm singing these songs, have no clue what she's really talking about. Cause I'm not in no relationship being a child, Yeah. but you still feel something and mm -hmm. you connect to the song. But yeah, vision of love is her first single or was her first single. So yeah, not bad. Not bad. I don't know how many I got there. Uh, you got you got three point five. Let's go. Three point five. So out of what? Out of uh, is uh, that like out of five? Is that a six? Out of six. Okay, you know what? We passed. We passed. You passed. It's not bad. So it's not bad. Room for improvement. I learned a lot though. No, but that's the thing that's good. Like even if you get an answer wrong, at least you learn something new. So then you know you could you know another conversation starter. Mm -hmm. Hey, did you guys know Mariah Carey? Da, 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 da. So, mm -hmm. so that is the end of the R&B trivia game. Thank you so much for playing. And thank, thank you. you so much for doing this interview with me. Please tell everybody where they can follow you and keep up with you and your music, please. Of course, of course. Um, once again, this is Jive, J-H-Y-V-E. You can find me pretty much everywhere at This Is Jive whether it's Twitter, whether it's Instagram, whether it's TikTok. I've been going crazy on TikTok lately. Um, that's how you can find me. So T-H-I-S-I-S-J-H-Y-V-E. -S -E. This is Jive. So, yeah. And then, yeah, we got, uh, oh, man, I, I just want to, like, plug things now. About Her, Out Now. I love that song. That song is my baby. Um, <laughs> Rapture, for anybody who, like, discovered Down, go listen to Rapture because that is, like, just, to me, it's, like, I'm so proud of it. Um, and then, yeah, stuff coming over the horizon in the next little bit. Another, another little single coming soon. So watch this space, you know? Definitely. And I wanted to ask, too, I, for, I totally forgot. How did you come up with the name Jive? Where did that come from? Oh, that's so random. I was in school, and we were watching Shaft. Okay. And, and there's, like, a scene where, like, he's interrogating a guy. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like feeding them some bullshit. And he's like, don't jive me, man. And I was like, oh. cool. like, I like that. Like, I like that idea of like, like jive talking in the seventies was just like a different way of talking. And I've always considered myself like a person that kind of speaks in rhymes and riddles and stuff. So jive just kind of fit 
my idea of how I like communicating and how I want to communicate through song. Okay, that's dope. I would have never thought. Yeah. <laughs> from that. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much um, for coming on Total R&B. Everybody, please listen to his single. Uh, well, his two singles, actually, Energy, About Her, um, that came out this year. Like he said, listen to the album Rapture. Stay up to date with everything that he has going on and definitely support him. So thank you so much once again. And we'll be back next time with a new episode.